Hello, and welcome to Faith Facts with Father Howard. I'm Lindsay, here with Father Howard, and on today's episode, we are going to continue discussion on Respect Life Month of October by delving deeper into the Gospel of Life encyclical. So let's get started. Uh, again, it's good to be here and always good to be able to uh, just to, to speak on a number of topics that really can make a difference in people's lives and uh, being able to reflect a bit more uh, with during October here, the Respect Life Month that our church designates. It's, it's being able to delve into a little bit more deeply the uh, papal encyclical of Evangelium Vitae, or the Gospel of Life. I let you do the Latin, so thank <laughs> which you. is fine. Um, John Paul II was written, wrote that in 1995, and it was heralded as a significant document in regards to the importance, the value uh, of of life in on our culture, in 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 opposed to what he oftentimes would describe as a culture of death. Now, you, you recall, well, you wouldn't necessarily recall because those are, <laughs> we're talking about the... Depends on when you're talking about. Yeah, the 70s and 80s. I would and, not really recall the yes, 70s. you wouldn't recall those. Not even half the 80s. There was a lot going on. In, and whenever you look at an encyclical like this, you have to, you can't just take it in the context of a, of a particular day or week or even month is that these are things that usually popes have been ruminating on for a long time. And when you look at when John Paul II would have uh, been elected, well, uh, Karawatiya would have been elected pope, eventually named John Paul II, is that you're looking at, you know, the World War II certainly ended, you know, in, in, the, uh, in the 40s. Then you had the Korean conflict. Then you had the Vietnam War. Then you had, you know, oh, the Cold War that was taking place at that time. This would have been, as he was a young man growing up, would have experienced an awful lot. And then you look at, you know, whether it's, you know, the Gulf War, Afghanistan, all of these places and, and wars, the violence, the, you know, the, uh, the various groups of peoples in, in any number of nations, you know, you had the cleansing of various uh, racial or cultural groups in, in, in any number of countries. Um, he, he labeled that, he said, we, it's really a culture of death to where also the other piece of this was not just the violence in that regard. It was the violence that was taking place, uh, you know, by economies that were only concerned about the bottom line. And so it had some, it had a lot to do with with the uh, certainly people's jobs and, and poverty and hunger around the world and in the United States. Uh, you had issues that certainly dealt with uh, the, the whole abortion issue, certainly, uh, which was another part of it, of, of being able to say, how do we as a people, how do we as a church, how do we start to, to look at this more with a greater and better focus and saying we need to do something about this. We cannot simply stand idly by 
and just watch this happen as if, you know, we have nothing to do with it. That it's realizing that we play a part in all of this, whether it's by the food we eat, or it's by the clothes we wear, it's by the things we buy, it's by the, the political systems that we support, whether as a nation or as an individual, that we must look at this, you know, culture of death. And he writes this, this encyclical then in 95, uh, again, Evangelium Vitae, called the Gospel of, of Life. It was it did a couple of key things. <clears throat> One, it was to reaffirm the value and the inviolability of every human life. No conditions, no exceptions, that all life was sacred. Human life was sacred. And and we couldn't somehow put a label on it saying this life uh, didn't des doesn't deserve to exist. This life does. Uh, whether, no matter the nation, the color of the skin, the gender, no matter who or what it was. And particularly, he writes, about the sanctity, the sacredness of the most vulnerable, which would be those who are pre-born, you know, and, and certainly aims at uh, the issue of abortion. You know, when you, when you, when you look at this document, um, and because the appeal was to for people to respect, protect, love, and serve every human life. I think one of the, and I don't want to say the downsides is, is that the, the, what seemed to have happened is that it only got focused on abortion. Now, obviously, abortion is an evil. We believe that. We know that. We, we recognize that. Is, is, you said is, right? Is, yes. Okay. For a second, it sounded like you said isn't. I was like, well, oh, no, 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 is, is, yes. is. We, we know this. But when he was writing this, and when the way I read the document, this is so much broader. Mm -hmm. It's not to lessen, you know, the, the, the evil of abortion. It's not to lessen that at all. But somehow what can happen, and, and in many ways has happened, we have only centered on the abortion piece. Even when we talk about Respect Life Month, it's bigger than just, you know, the abortion, you know, is that we look at this and saying that it's, it's, it's you know, we, we want to make sure that we don't have abortion, but it's okay to kill people in lots of other ways. That's okay. Capital punishment. The... The, the issue of, of just hunger in the world, the hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people that die of hunger, that does not say any one of these is less than. It's recognizing that when I read this document, it really centers so many ways on the respect, the love, the care for that we are to have on all or for all life across the board. He would have seen this. He would have seen this in the brutality of the pogroms, you know, growing up in Poland during the Second War. He would have seen this in, in the Cold War and what was happening in that part of the world. He would have seen this in, you know, as his travels as, as a pope, you know, seeing the terrible hunger and, and the terrible disease that was across the world. He would have seen this, in, and, and he, he did. He challenged various economies and our 
own economy in the United States here, that the most important thing is not simply the bottom line, how much money you can make, or that the most, or the one with the most toys wins. He was, I believe, when I read this document, is that he was placing it within a greater context, and this document has a lot to offer when it comes to what does it mean to truly be a people of life? What do we need to do and how do we need to somehow respond in a culture of death, particularly for a faith tradition that speaks of the author of life? The one who was willing, first and foremost, God the Father, who we believe created all things and said it was good. You know, at no point did God somehow stay, take a step back and, you know, take a deep breath saying, oh man, screwed up there. You know, whether it was the aardvark or, you know, something like that. You know, as much as that what we find in Genesis is that what was created was good. And and that humans were created good and are created in the image of God. Uh, how does a people that believes that, how does a faith tradition that believes that, how can we stand back and watch and sense the culture of death take place and not say something. We have had any number of people, you know, throughout history that have, you know, taken a stand, you know, whether it, it the various characters in, in, in World War II or or a Mother Teresa who looks at saying, these people who are in the gutter are not garbage. These are human beings. These are Jesus. Uh, you look at someone like a Dorothy Day. Um, these are... Are, are huge towering figures that also by the way they have lived and how they have loved that have spoken you know of, of, of the value of all life from very beginning to natural end and so this is the this document and it's certainly well worth reading you know it's for with John Paul II is that um, he writes a little more intellectually, so you need to, you know, kind of put on your thinking caps to uh, <clears throat> to engage him. You might say in this in this work, but it is well worth, you know, reading and reflecting on, because it has an awful lot to say of what it means to truly be people of life, the gospel of life, to be people of life, particularly in, like I said, what he labeled as a culture of death. And he, he goes a number of different things, that, that what he does. Um, in order to just, I would just want to walk through a little bit of those things, just to kind of give some ideas for people of, of what they have, uh, what they can, uh, you know, kind of expect. In the gospel of life, at the heart, you know, of, of this document is that, uh, is really Jesus's saving message to the world, is that... Um, it is through Jesus uh, and, and, and recognized through the sacred scriptures that God reveals to us the dignity of all human life. No exceptions, no conditions. No matter the terrible things, the great things that people have done, there is an inherent dignity in, in, in human life. And that human life, which is a gift from God, it is not something that we create on our own or whatever, Life is human life in itself is a gift from God. It is sacred, and and and, we, and he would say it is inviolable. Um, 
the Son of God then has united himself with every human being and desires for us to share an eternal life with him. So in that regard, what, what John Paul sees is that any direct attacks on human life, any direct attacks on human life, no matter what they might look like and such, is that these are completely unacceptable. That is sinful. Any direct attacks on human life is sinful. Um, and so what's interesting is, again, he certainly he speaks of the issue uh, of abortion, of course. But he also, you know, in some of his other writings, has spoken of the fact of, can there even be a, you know, justified war theory anymore? With what we are capable of doing, you know, they always had the, you know, they talked about the, you know, um, the justified war theory, that that if you were able to stop it, you know, with kind of, you might say, doing less damage than if it went on, those kinds of things. There were all sorts of reasonings going on with the capability that we have now to literally not only to destroy a town, as, you know, when these things were being developed, mm -hmm. to destroying a continent or a planet, you know, can you even justify that anymore? And, and I would say that, you know, John Paul made it very clear uh, that, no, we can't. Can't justify it anymore. That, that we really need to be a people that look at this because, again, it goes back to any direct attack on human life is, at, uh, is, is unacceptable. Um, obviously, you, when you look at things of self-defense, that's a little bit, obviously, a little bit different. But to any attacks, you know, it just, it's, it's evil. It's an evil. And, uh, and, and I think we need to say that out loud. We need to say that out loud to governments. We need to say that out loud to politicians. We need to say that out loud in lots of different ways that, no, there are other ways that we can solve our, our problems rather than war. And I think, you know, in some ways, um, what we find in our own time and day and age, we're seeing that over and over again. War doesn't work. It, it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You know, there's got to be different ways of how do we uh, help, you know, work with people and, 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 and deal with folks, but not to do so by, by blowing them up. And so, but this was part of his, his gospel of life, you know, that, that uh, we have to see and treat he, human life with the sanctity that it deserves. And so it's, um, it's, that, that's really uh, about a, a huge part of it. So he talks about the fact that not only um, is human life not to be taken, um, but it's to be protected. So whatever we can do, again, going from the pre-born on up through natural end, it's not only that it shouldn't be taken, but it must be protected. And he would always throw in there in lots of ways, <clears throat> particularly some of our most vulnerable. Obviously, again, preborn, our seniors, our seniors, um, those who are in terrible, terrible poverty, those who don't have a voice, that somehow we must be more proactive in how do we protect that life? How do we take steps in order to... Uh, to do what we can. Obviously, we can't solve all of the problems, but what we can do is that we can, you know, look in our own backyard sometimes with with how we treat people, whether it's in West Bend or how we treat people in our own parish or, you know, those is that we must 
do the steps we can because there is that, in a sense, that ripple effect of, of, of how, you know, people when treated well or whatever can make such a huge difference. And we have no idea where you might say where that could stop, that that might be, you know, someone that we protect today, uh, a life, uh, whatever, could be the very person that solves some of the problems tomorrow. But because they were protected, somebody showed them love and concern, you know, that ripple effect of how that love and concern then is showed, you know, in, in ages to come. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Uh, so there's, there's a lot that can, be, uh, that can be said to that. And part of this, too, it's recognizing, you know, going back to the sanctity of human life, is that the human person, he would say, you know, bears the indelible imprint of God. That, that you might say we, we are at the, the pinnacle of God's creative goodness and power. Um, and, uh, you know, in the Bible, the, the term, and I, and I don't like the term, and, and I've kind of done a little research on it. It says that we're supposed to, you know, uh, subdue the earth, you know. Um, and, and actually, that has a connotation of power and control. Yeah. Whereas... The term really refers much more. We're to take care of the earth. It's it's under our responsibility. Makes more sense. Yeah, that we are the caretakers of the earth. We are here for a short time, and the earth will probably be here a whole lot longer than we are. And so, which in some ways is that that next step you might say is taken by Pope Francis, you know, with his encyclical Laudato Si, which speaks of the whole issues of, of caring for the earth and, and those kinds of things. But but what's, what's interesting is that popes have always been building on previous popes' works. <laughs> you know, one pope says this, you know, when you look at the gospel of life, because I know that Francis has quoted the gospel of life any number of times, is that you build upon it saying, you know, as the realizations and the insights uh, that that these insights, you as they grow again, it, it mushrooms into saying, wow, what maybe we didn't realize here at this point in time, let's say when John Paul II was alive and well and, and living, you know, growing in, in his own maturity and all of that, what maybe he couldn't see at that time or maybe not entirely, is that a pope in the future can see much better because there is a distance there. There's an objectivity that John Paul II couldn't have had mm -hmm. simply because he was living he was living it, right. you know. And, and hindsight's always twenty twenty. Exactly, exactly. You look back and saying, "Wow, he said some really, really good things." Now the next ones can build on that, and I think that's that's some of the grace and the wisdom. Of, of, of what our church has to offer that that constant reflecting and and yeah pondering you might say of of what has taken place and how that continues to grow in in the future so when you think about you know this whole idea of of, of having that imprint of God then is that it's recognizing that you know all life and I think this is certainly what Jesus shows us that all life is good and that the true meaning of our lives is found, you might say, in the giving and the receiving of love. And that's, you know, it always goes back to that, you know, mm -hmm. that uh, it's not about the money, it's not about the power, it's not about the position, it's about the, the giving and the receiving of love. And how that is what truly makes the difference. That is what, you know, defines us. Not a particular decision or choice or failure or success 
what defines us ultimately is the giving and receiving of love and, and the presence of God in the midst of all of that. So there's, there's just a, a lot that, that he shares with us. Um, he continues during this whole time with, with his gospel of life, uh, Pope John Paul II, is that he, he speaks of the fact and he says that God holds the lives of all people in his gentle and loving care. And again, the lives of all people. And it's, it's the human weakness in us that, well, that means only certain lives. <laughs> you know, that means American lives. That means, you know, European lives. That means, and, and he does, he said, the lives of all people in his gentle and loving care. No one's better than another. Yeah, exactly. You know, and not at all. And, and we have a, we have a long ways to come to learn that yet and to, and to embrace that. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we might know it intellectually, but... Living it's harder. Yeah, yeah it's a whole lot harder um, <clears throat> for lots of reasons, uh, whether it be, again, fear, um, power, money, whatever it might be. Um, I think a lot of it, most of it has to deal with fear, uh, that there is so much fear, and I think that we see that in our own day and age. In many ways, I would say that John Paul II kind of alludes to some of that, but there is just so much fear. And because we are afraid, we are willing to at times just harm another or to do whatever because we feel that we're justified because we're afraid. When if we would work at getting beyond that fear, that we would recognize that there are a whole lot more other opportunities or possibilities, I should say, than than necessarily destroying. You know, and that's whether through abortion or that's whether through war or whatever it might be. Um, you know, there's just, uh, if we could get beyond that, a lot of times that fear that is so much a part of our lives. He speaks of the fact that uh, he uses scripture a lot, which is just pretty typical of the popes, <laughs> I guess. You know, I would expect that. It's their thing. Yeah, it's their thing. Or as Hannah would say, it's their jam. It's their jam, yeah. Yeah. Um, is that uh, he, he talks about the, the, uh, going, the issues of violence going all the way back to the Cain and Abel story. You know, what happens when, all again, fear, anger, yeah, goes all the way to the beginning. Um, that, that our, and as a consequence, you know, with that, that our world, as he would label it, is suffering under a culture of death. That, um, you know, scientific, as he would also reflect a bit, Scientific and technological advances in an increasingly secular in an increasingly secularized world <laughs> tongue twister yes have led to an eclipse of the value of human life that uh, you know science is what's important science can correct anything and science can do that sometimes oftentimes at the at the expense of human life and that somehow that's what's important. And in, in forgetting that, you know, we have to reject those kinds of structuralized sins and systems that value, as Pope John Paul II would say, value efficiency and productivity over the human person. There, there is just so much that, that he reflects on, you know, in this, in this document. Of, of, of what it has to offer us. And so he, he challenges in this document, then he challenges governments and, and international institutions that, that promote, whether it be abortion or euthanasia or, 
or just, you know, uh, ridding, uh, you know, literally countries of, 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 uh, of people, mm-hmm. you know, they call it the, you know, the cleansing, uh, the cleansings that, that have taken place in various nations and such that, you know, that this, this has to, this has to stop. This just has to stop because it is so against everything you might say that we stand for when it comes to, you know, the, the value of the human person and, and the imprint of that divine imprint that every human person has, you know, from the very moment of their conception. That, you know, this, it goes so against, you know, the, the, the gospel command of loving one another. Uh, you know, in what Jesus said, you know, I'm sure he was called naive and lots of other names that or labeled because, you know, he was saying, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Um, share, even though you only have a little share what you have. Uh, it's it's that kind of stuff that people oftentimes will look at and say, well, that's just plain dumb. If I don't get mine, somebody's going to get it before me. And And, you know, as a consequence, you know, we fail to recognize what are called or considered objective truths of of what it means, you know, when we talk about the sacredness of life. That is not some, that's a moral, you know, it's a moral absolute. You know, this is not something we can look at and saying, well, I've got something more important to think about right now. You know, we can so easily lose um, these moral, you know, objectives of, of being able to wreck the recognize, not wreck, but recognize, you know, the sanctity of, of all life from beginning to natural end. Um, so, you know, he, he, he kind of brings some things to closure by saying that, <clears throat> that society as a whole, you know, must defend and promote the dignity of every human person uh, at every moment and under and every condition. Um, that these lives, which are a gift, ultimately you know belong to God and to God alone, not to anyone else or anything else or any nation or whatever it might be. Is that um, so? We are so we are called as individuals, as cultures, as countries, as as systems, as institutions. That He sees that we are all call, called, you know, to recognize you know, the value of human life and to do whatever we can to protect it, to promote it and, and, and to keep it and hold it sacred, you know, at, at all, at all times, at all times. He would say that it's, you know, it's our responsibility to pro, you know, it's, we all have a responsibility. It's not some, well, that's the politicians. <clears throat> it's not somehow, well, that's the bishops or that's the Pope. So that's, that we are all called and have a personal responsibility to do what we can to respect all life in all its forms. Um, when we think about that, having received the gift of the gospel of life with the encyclical, um, and we are in a sense to be a people of life and to be a people uh, for life. And as I mentioned, it's our duty to proclaim that gospel of life uh, each and every single day. And that you know, when, when we don't, wow, it, it just, it makes our world a whole lot worse. And, and we see what happens, you know, and we have since, you know, he died and such. And, and as, since he wrote the encyclical in 95, we, we see what happens when we choose to ignore it. We see what happens when we choose to ignore it, whether it's with abortion 
We choose to, we see what happens when we choose to ignore it when it comes to the death penalty, when it comes to great poverty and hunger in our world. We see what happens when we choose, choose to ignore it and, and we see the, the terrible, terrible devastation of war and how, you know, we're, we simply make weapons that are even more powerful, more destructive, and we somehow seem to want to use them for more and more reasons, you know. Um, we see what happens to our world itself. You know, when you think about just even the planet, what happens when we choose to ignore the sacredness, not only the sanctity of human life, certainly, you know, again, but when we choose to ignore the sacredness and the sanctity of the world in which we live, um, animal life and, and, you know, all that that is part of that and how we even exist on this planet, of the terrible consequences that, that, that take place when we either deny or we simply ignore, you know, what, uh, what is happening around us. And so as, as much as, you know, John Paul II, you know, um, as long as he was in and something, and sometimes, you know, I sometimes agree and disagree with him. Uh, the fact is, is that this document has a lot to offer, even simply for a person to reflect on, you know, where do they stand when it comes to the sacredness of their own life, the sacredness you know, of life, again, from pre-born to natural end. How do we or don't we stand for the value and this value and sacredness of life, you know, in our world today? How are we or are we not involved in helping that to, you know, to take place and to grow and, and to become more and more a part of the world in which we live? How do we live our lives, you know, showing that, I have an inherent value, not because of my title or role or anything, but simply because I am a child of God. And that the better I can live that out, the more I can then influence the people that I engage. I can influence them uh, by what I say and by what I do. Uh, so there's there's an awful lot that, that can be found there. And it's certainly uh, certainly well worth the value and there are plenty of copies around uh, you know for people to find and such because it just has a lot to offer and gives us a lot to think about yeah we linked it in our last week's episode and we'll link Good. it again in this week's episode since it's the topic of our episode yeah and, and it's it's also it's it's because as i mentioned because you know it is so often quoted and and it is it's it's it, the title is it, the gospel of life you know it there is there is so much foundational material in there that that can be used for groups of all different ilks and all different you know folk foci so that they are able to you know take what he says and apply it you know not only you know to the uh, unborn and, and, and the issue of abortion but also simply you know when it comes to issues of of, uh, you know, um, legalized, uh, what's, um, in prisons. Oh, okay. death penalties. Oh, capital punishment. Capital yes. punishment. You know, it comes, it comes to issues of poverty, issues of, of the, it, there's just so much. It's not just a one issue topic. No, not at all. It, it touches on so much. 
certainly well worth a good read. Now, how can it be called the gospel of life? I see people thinking out there, gospel? He can't call it a gospel. There's only four gospels. Well, by gospel, the term gospel, evangelium, is a term, it's also a, a broad term that's used for a message, um, a, uh, a letter, okay? Simple, similar to epistle. Uh, in church world, epistle refers specifically to gospel writings. An epistle, though, in general, is just a, is a letter. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it is. Gospel, when referred to the four gospels, it's, it's a message. It's the message of, of, it's the message by Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And so the gospel of life is simply a Latin term for a message of life. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, I think we're going to leave it there this week. That's a lot of information. Take a look at the gospel of life. We've linked to the Vatican website that Mm -hmm. has it. Um, And we will be back next week with another topic of Respect Life. So we'll see you next time.